Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, the only watch podcast that doesn't care, has no luck, and didn't miss it all that much. You have made it all the way to episode 266. Hello. 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 Here, here Hello, we are. YouTube world. I'm here. <laughs> Hello, computer. Thank you so much if you're watching this on YouTube, Two Broke Watch Knobs. Um, you can find us on YouTube now. Um, definitely, if you haven't already subscribed, we're putting episodes up. Trying to do them again every single week. We're also putting additional videos up, which we'll talk about in a moment. But you have made it, regardless if you're on YouTube or if you're listening on your regular podcast streaming app of choice. You have made it to 266 of your own personal chapter of your horological journey. The two book wash knobs. Hello, Michael. Hello. It's a, a fine, a fine cold Saturday to you. Yeah. Sir. 16 degrees this morning. Uh, <laughs> So I, I started my day with that long walk with the dog in the, in the cold. Yeah, you you went you went ice fishing with your Alaskan Malamut, and on the way you had to fist fight a polar bear. Um, we have but retention. You sustained... We have retention mm-hmm. ponds back here; they're actually frozen. So yeah, yeah. You only survived the winter by sustaining yourself on preserved whale blubber, which I assume is just you know uh, a trishik snack of choice this time of year in the cold, right? Don't get me started on hunting whales and get us, get us kicked off on YouTube. Dude, you want to talk about whale blubber? I'll talk whale blubber all fucking day, man. All right. I'm dressed like a whaler right now. You were, you were a crab fisherman last episode. <laughs> Another species which is also in decline, if I'm reading my Reddit headlines correctly. And now you are dressed uh, as, a, as, a, as an old-timey whaler. You have a, you have a scrimshaw pipe and a harpoon hanging in your in your cabin's quarters yeah dude Hell yeah you, you get you, this man. outfit you get this outfit when you move here automatically <laughs> it's just in a box <laughs> waiting for you <laughs> the pacific northwest when you move to the pacific northwest you get a starbucks gift card with 15 dollars and a whaling outfit yeah and a subaru yeah. if, you're, if you're lucky <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the two world watch stop it's gonna be a ton of fun everyone um I love this topic, Michael. This is your topic. I'm I'm going to introduce I'm going to introduce what the topic is and then you give the overview because you have much better words for it than I do. The 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 topic for episode 266 of the Two Broke Watchdogs podcast is neoclassic timepieces of our generation. Elaborate. Yeah. So the idea so much of watch collecting and watch marketing today i think is focused on these mid-century timepieces say like the submariner or this the speedmaster and then so much inspiration is pulled from that era all the way up to today where we have vintage inspired watches and everything uh but we forget about you know i'd say like late 80s 90s 2000s you know think watch collecting post blog world so watch collecting during the advent of watch blogging uh Mm -hmm. that kind of generation there were watches that that have come out during that period that are that have really defined the path that a lot of collectors have taken have introduced a lot of collectors to watch collecting in general and are just like really cool designs that brands did not experience experiment with uh in the 80s or the 70s or or earlier so um what what watches do we uh kind of see at at, that in that time period uh and do we think they're destined for you know i guess like 
greatness or greater collectability in the future. Thank um, you. Yeah, so that's that's what we're gonna gonna run through uh, today. We got some I love it. some cool choices. I have a lot of opinions about that predilection for classic timepieces to be those that came out in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Like I, I have some thoughts. I have feelings. Um, yeah, I mean, we about talk that. about we talk about guitar stuff a lot, and it's like, okay, let's look at the Fender Stratocaster. That just mm-hmm. like that neck and that body is like, I don't know. That's it. Uh, how. How much of the guitar building world is just that? Yeah, and I think 100%. I think that happens with, you know, dive watches. It happens with sport chronographs and dress watches a lot. So, yeah. what's kind of out of the box that happened? I guess uh, closer closer to like our time that people aren't really like paying attention to now. I love it that that they're not paying attention to, or that they maybe aren't aware fits into that idea of like hey this actually isn't as old of a design or watch as the brand yeah that's presenting it now so but before that we have a ton of amazing things to get through one of those is we have to honor tradition we are we are we are nothing if not judiciously traditious tradition traditionist traditionist we're let's do tradition michael you want to do an audio risk check with me (laughs) let's do it I got yes, the he's got the he's got the banner. I feel so complete. I can hide what it. are you what are you wearing? Uh so today I am wearing the Citizen EcoDrive ProMaster Diver. I'll just pull it pull it up right here. So it's, cool. uh, <laughs> this bad boy that you gifted me. Uh man, when was that? 2016 or 2017? I think you got this for me. It was a long time ago. Here's my wrist. It must have been 2016. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This thing is. You ever... Oh, sorry. Man, this thing is fantastic. Yeah. No, it's amazing. It, it, it's, it's, it's for me, for a long time, when people asked us, oh, you know, I'm looking for an affordable diver or like, what's a really good budget diver? The answer for a long time was like, uh, like an SKX 007. Um, this is before the SKX 007 was, was discontinued. For a long time, the answer was that. Or it was, you know, the the Orient Mako um, jet first generation, or Orient Mako second generation. Um, it still is now certainly the second generation Mako two. I, I recommend the Mako two to a lot of folks, but the other one I recommend is this one as well. For between two and three hundred bucks, you get a diver that is just offering way more than the sum of its parts. And so I'm 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 immensely happy that you still like this watch. I love this thing. I've recently been wearing it on a uh, on a black Zulu Alpha strap, which is this kind of crazy, crazy heavy duty uh, nylon strap with a this kind of special buckle system, and it's just it's never going to leave your <laughs> wrist. I was telling you, I was cooking a steak dinner the other night, and uh, this this will really confuse. The new listeners that are like starting earlier <laughs> where I'm like vegan. But um anyway, I was just cooking dinner and I lost a spring bar on this watch and it was it was it was just like dangling on the strap. So Jeez. I'm glad I got to keep the watch. Um yeah yeah I, I what if what if someone listened to episode 116 and they're like you know what, let me listen to episode 266 and like you start the story off well I plunged my blade into the cow's neck and ju- 
dragged it to the earth to extract <laughs> the delicious meat. It's like, oh my god. My, Mike used to be a vegan, if anyone has no idea <laughs> what the fuck we're talking about. And now I'm pro-blubber. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could say that. Blubbing <laughs> seals and hunting whales. I don't know how well this is going to go on the censorship check in, in YouTube. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's okay, but this is a great watch. That's the bottom line. I... I I, I still love it. The proportions are great. I think I think I clocked this in at 43. Um, but it isn't it isn't wear like that. It's it still feels I don't know, it feels closer to something small. Maybe because the lugs are kind of like stubby. It's it's They're pretty tight, sh- yeah. pretty short lug to lug. I love the the 60 click bezel. It's so smooth. People complain about these little um these little ridges on the bezel. Like they're not i guess they're not super grippy this transition between the teeth and the smooth part but i just feel like those 60 clicks are so easy to get through it's not you don't even have to press down that hard to uh to turn the bezel yeah but do you ever have this happen to you where you forget you wrote about or photographed a watch and then you google it and you just see pictures of your own wrist on the internet and you forgot yeah because if your wrist were wet. that happens to me so much <laughs> yeah we've we've been doing this website for a long time <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh that's right i reviewed that watch and that's a photo of my wrist like i found my review about Gosh. a watch i had a question on I, so. and you can see it here i love just the blue on this dial is crazy and yeah. with that that little touch of orange it's it's, it's fantastic. This is a killer watch it comes in black as well um i am sad to see the modern sort of iteration of citizen with these divers pushing more towards um automatic movements uh uh i'm, I'm a little bit of a of a what do you call it courts court supremacist yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i very much am a, prop- a proponent of courts movement technology I think it's very easy to shit on courts because it's not mechanical because there's there's some sort of romantic idea that a real watch has to be mechanical and it's just like no that's just someone trying to tell that's someone trying to sell you something whether that thing is an object or you know trying to trick you into getting them youtube views or whatever the hell but uh quartz watches are amazing representations of modern timekeeping technology the eco drive solar quartz in particular is just so cool and it's a little disappointing to see some of these new citizen divers coming out that are um mechanical I don't mind them that much. I think I'm more bothered by the variety that they're trying to force. They, I don't know, they come out with a bajillion different colors, but they're cracking up my water. Sorry. There are some, there are some, I think the references start with NY00. I think there's just like a basic black one that's been around for a a long time. Um, The, some of those actually were uh, made especially for the uh italian navy a long time ago and there's some of like the most collectible military watches you could find um there's a full loom dial version that i kind of dig that's That's pretty cool cool. but there have been there have been some wacky wacky color ones that i think they're i think they're doing the seiko thing citizens like yo dog i heard you like saves the oceans yeah here's 50 different dial combinations that you know we just kind of dartboarded and hope you were gonna like so i will say i do like the mechanical titanium pro masters yeah that's that's nice because it comes are, with a with a cool. bracelet too right 
it's on a bracelet. Yeah, and like, and 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 you know me, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit of a titanium. I have a I'm, I'm a titanium lush. I have a titanium problem. Um, that's a very cool watch to me. Yeah. You know, and then I just wanted to share the um, you know, because I don't I don't think they're super big, but this is the this is the strap I have it on. Um, it's kind of an interesting. Oh yes, interesting like buckle system. It's a really really cool combo, honestly. Mm-hmm. So. That's cool. I, Hell yeah. I dig it. <clears throat> what do you have? Uh, I don't know if people can, if you're watching YouTube, you could probably tell I am wearing, I, can, I never know where to turn my wrist because the camera's reversed. I don't know directions, even though I really only have two options. Uh, I'm wearing my Quartz Omega Seamaster 2541, the GoldenEye reference on the NATO strap that you gave me, Michael, which I think is the NATO strap that you had in your citizen review. Or is it? Is it? Is it a different one? <laughs> you know, you're you're probably you're probably right. Uh, it's that's not the exact one because okay. that strap, that strap, I sold it with another CWC. This is a CWC I, NATO, yeah. That I sold. That that is a that is a NATO I got with the newest CWC that I bought. So, yeah. but yes, the same same kind of strap. It's fantastic. Love this watch. It was a uh, gift to me by you and very close members of us, um, of, 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 of other very close members in the uh, two book watch knobs community. You made you made a little boy's dreams come true. He got to wear one of the first watches that he didn't realize fascinated him, but fascinated him when he saw it in Goldeneye uh, in like 1995, 1996. My dad's a huge James Bond fan. And um, he made such a big deal. My dad, my dad's one of those dads who's just like, I don't know if it's because he's too tired or if because he realizes that everything will crumble to dust, but he never gets excited for like anything. But I remember when we were a kid, he was pumped when Goldeneye came out. We all he he made us all go. We drove to um like I think the movie theater at like like the Aventura Mall or like there's like a movie theater by the Aventura Mall in Miami back then. And like he got the commemorative golden eye popcorn cup thing. And like he made a huge big deal. And I remember I was watching the movie. I must have been like 10 or 11, I think, when it came out. And uh, the, the the train scene when he's trapped. So, so spoiler alerts if you haven't seen fucking golden eyes, but not for 18 or 19 years. So if you haven't seen it, I'm really sorry. But um, <laughs> 007's trapped in a tra- trapped in an old Soviet train. Um, and he uses like a laser on his Seamaster to cut a hole in the floor. And that was just amazing. That was yeah. just so cool, man. On top of that, we're like the N64 generation. And <laughs> yes, the pause screen for that. The pause, was, yeah. You did everything from the watch. So yeah, <laughs> it goes full circle when you're, when you're an adult and you you start getting into watches and you, piece everything together and and you're just like wow that's that's this watch that we're seeing here it's kind of funny i don't know if you notice this about the omega website their Mm. their reference numbers are horrible uh their (laughs) site can be tough to navigate but they keep pages up for everything even if it's i have noticed that it's crazy so sorry but this watch is no longer available but this is oh man this is yours, the forty-one millimeter with the uh, with this movement. Hell yeah! I can't read a super small. Fifteen thirty-eight. 
Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds right to me. That's a collection of numbers next to the word movement. I love it. Or caliber. Couldn't tell. This thing's I, amazing. I yeah. still like it. I'm still tempted. I still can't figure out if I'm tempted by yours mm-hmm. or the black dial that looks more like the that, that has the sword hands. Sword I forget hands. the reference. Yeah. I think it's so the two two is this the two two five four that you have? Mine's the two five four one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which which reference that is, but it's it's yours, but it's the black dial and it has the big triangle. Um you know, I, at the 12, 12 o'clock. I think just because of, I think that watches a bit more in your wheelhouse just because of the same reasons you're attracted to like CWCs and everything like that, like the historical sort of precedence of the the markers and the sword hands in the format of a Seamaster Dive 300. Um, I feel like you would gravitate more towards that, but it is not what James Bond wore. I'll it's not. It is kind of cool though, because that I actually, I I can't remember if that one even has the helium escape valve. What mine? Mine does. No, the, the other one that we're talking about. I'm pretty sure all Seamaster dive 300s have them. Like it's a thing, right? I don't know. It's awesome. That thing, that watch is uh, almost like Omega following a military specification again in the 90s <laughs> in a quartz watch so it's kind of it's kind of a, a forgotten little gem i think in the seamaster uh uh family tree it is oddly uh, uh coincidental that it's appearing on this show's topic i wonder if we'll hear about it again yeah this episode we'll see we'll see uh stay tuned but yeah that's what i'm wearing i love this thing it's amazing um Huge shout out to uh, uh, Just Watches. Um, well, I'll put a link to his YouTube channel in the description for here uh, on the YouTube uh, video as well. But huge shout out to Just Watches. Shared a video with me from Steve from Raven Watches changing a battery in his Grand Seiko 9F Quartz. So I now have a video reference that was shared to me by someone I trust, recorded by someone I also trust. That shows me how to change the battery in my 9F quartz. Um, my, my, my 9F A2. Or no, that's the... I have the A5, I think. Fuck, now I'm confused. In my Grand Seiko 9F quartz uh, movement. So I'm going to give it a shot. Oh, was it his GMT that he did yep. it on? Oh, yep. yeah. he's He still still has that watch. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you should be you should be fine. I'm, I'm sorry. I still think I, I like made the battery explode just I'm by wearing so, it. I'm so certain <laughs> you did not do anything wrong to that. I've had the watch for three or four years, which I'm pretty sure is literally what they say the battery life is. Okay. All right. I don't um, know. I'm just, I'm breaking a lot of watches lately. I'm just, <laughs> just a little paranoid. I just, I, I just thought it was difficult to change the battery because, and this is where I'm confused. And uh, uh, I'll, uh, in case this is helpful for folks um, who may have misunderstood there are components of the 9F Quartz caliber series that are encased in like lubricant, like in, in, in like in like oil. There's certain gears that are sealed in these like enclosures for oil, and that helps improve its longevity and its accuracy. I was under the impression that that included something in regard to the battery. It does not. Like I won't be breaking any like, you know, 
sealed sarcophagi oil containers to get to the battery. I thought I had to before. No, I could just I could just open the watch and just like just pop the battery out like you would another quartz watch and then just put it right back in there. Damn. So damn, damn, damn. Here it is. So we could show the people. Yeah, it that is, is the... pretty fucking cool, dude. Come yeah. on now. Two two oh, the bracelets difference. It's like the Speedmaster bracelet. Yeah. Oh. It's pretty That's rad. Really cool, man. It's pretty rad. I don't I'm know. I'm just saying. But yeah. Yeah, at the same time, 4K no those dose, man. You could <laughs> you could just get one for each wrist. Wrists. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a uh, the wife will definitely buy that, I'm sure. As your as your financial advisor, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> uh let's see. We have oh, what's up? Oh shit! Got the banners and everything. Let's move on here. Let's jump into housekeeping before we get to the main topic. There are a ton of amazing housekeeping things to go through. Um, huge shout out and thank you to GQ and to um, contributing writer Jeremy Free for including us and um, working with us on a piece they published recently on Destro watches, left hand watches. Um, we have a featured quote in that piece on GQ. I'll have a link in the video for YouTube uh, if I can I have to figure out. Uh, I'm a bit of a YouTube dinosaur. I remember when YouTube used to just be like interesting independent films that people made in their homes. Now I don't know what the fuck YouTube is. So I have to, I have to, I have to see. <laughs> I used it at I first just here. to watch, just to watch like band videos, like bands yeah. playing live. Yeah, uh, I still do. Recorded on like flip phones. <laughs> So, so yeah huge shout out and thank you to jeremy free contributing writer over at um gq huge thank you to gq featuring us in there for desperate watches go and check that out it's a really really nice feature it's a really cool piece actually um in addition to that we are going to keep doing this youtube thing you know we're in the process now of uh putting together a calendar putting videos together in fact at the time of this episode airing you can go to our youtube channel right now and check out uh, a really fun video that Michael and I put together as a companion piece for uh, our post on the watch website about um, cheapest Rolex watches, quote unquote, quote unquote, cheapest Rolex watches. You know, for the price of a cheap uh, Rolex watch, Michael, I could just get a brand new Cartier Santos. You know that? Yeah, that's a that's a tough argument for the Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh if you go check out the youtube channel michael and i recorded a video a piece as a companion to this article here it's a ton of fun um and we're going to keep doing pieces like that go and check it out subscribe to the youtube channel like comment on there help us grow this thing uh help spread the love that actually leads me into my second piece of housekeeping a lot of people have been asking how they can support the show which is fantastic and a little odd because i can't think of anything in my life i want to support how nice are people that listen to this show? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I may buy, I may still like go on Bandcamp and buy a digital download of a like a record of an artist that I like, but that's about it. You can get like a Seos and Beanie. Do they sell? Does this Seos? First of all, Seos isn't even around. I'm sure. And do they? And do they sell Beanies? <laughs> I'm. I, I think it's yes to both of those questions. <laughs> yes. I'm getting the Seos and Beanie. Thanks, Seos. Because I'm pretty sure you're not making enough royalties from Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but but um, but huge thank you and huge just um, I'll never be able to express with words or now in this case video how thankful and appreciative we are to folks who want to support the show in any way possible. If you do actually really want to support the show, we used to have a Patreon. Patreon's gone now. Uh, but if you actually do want to support the show, we do have an Amazon affiliate link. You can find it on the twobookwashnops.com uh, website. It's in a dropdown on our nav called, like, I think our favorite shops or our favorites. I, I, thank you, Michael. Um, click the Amazon logo. It'll take you there. I'll also have it in the description for the YouTube uh, video here. Um, you don't have to purchase anything that's in like the Amazon store that we have or anything like that, if you just click that Amazon link and then do your own shopping, that counts. So that's one option to support the show. Um, but I don't, I don't want to make a big deal about that because you don't, don't feel compelled to do that. If you actually do want to support the show, this seems really silly. Um, please, please, please like and share our content. Um, I think it's what it really breaks down to. Subscribe. 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 Smash that subscribe button, everyone. That 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 Those things actually do help. What will help us more than you know, monetary contributions or anything like that is just really spreading the word, subscribing to the YouTube channel, liking things that we post, um, commenting as well. All of those things constitute engagement and both the YouTube algorithm and the Google search algorithm will take that engagement as a signal to show, you know, uh, more of what we do to folks and things like that. So that is actually probably the better way to support the show. So yeah, I don't want to talk, I don't want to, I don't want to talk any more about supporting the show because I don't want to spend too much time on that, but those are your options if you really do want to help. Uh, and again, thank you for wanting to do that. That's huge. Um, next piece of housekeeping here. Yeah. Michael has it up. Go and check out Nathan Schultz, TBWS writing, TBWS writing, contributing, a writer extraordinaire. I'm, I'm all jumbled up here. Uh, Nathan contributed this piece on um, best Swiss watch brands. All are, in fact, not created equal. <laughs> I love this piece because I originally sent Nathan, like, <clears throat> I think, like, like 15 or, like, mm-hmm. 18. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, let's maybe do some features for this. And then I just didn't hear from him <laughs> for, for, like, a while. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope. Nathan, hope Nathan's okay. And he came back to me with this encyclopedia of like, I think there's like 40 plus names on here. He traveled um, the world. He traveled the world he, piecing he, together his research for, uh, he, yeah, he, <laughs> he had, he had, he, he had one shirt, one sock, one short, one beanie, a stick and bindle for his Nintendo switch and three games. And he traveled the world to bring to you. Or he just Googled a lot of these. Hey, there you go. And then it's a mechanical version. That's the mechanical version. Yeah. <clears throat> on the on mega piece. Yeah. We actually, we have a review of that. Forgot. We have a review of that watch. Um, go and check out this, uh, this piece, uh, best switch watch brands. It's actually really cool. It gives you a very fun, comprehensive, very brief historical breakdown and sort of main value props and really fun table stats on iconic Swiss watch brands that I think people may not know are as old or as young or as innovative or as non-innovative as uh maybe other watch brands you know out there and this goes this goes the this 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 is the whole gamut from from swatch to like you know the big three in terms of your 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 um like legacy switch and watch brands and things like that so uh huge shout out thank you to nathan for putting that together and uh racking up those miles yeah traveling the world I love this chronograph, this like master control calendar Mm -hmm. thing. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that Blanc Pond was so old. That seventeen thirties. It's old as it's old as shit. Jeez. Yeah, dude. Yeah. There's there's a lot of good information here, and uh, yeah, if you're if you're just getting into watch collecting and you hear the whole idea, oh, like Swiss watch, that's the top of the top of the heap when it comes to collecting. You can really just get a good rundown here and see what the I guess like the biggest players are across mm -hmm. several price brackets. These are also this is also a really fun companion piece to. Um... We have a piece on best German watches and a piece on best uh, Japanese watches, which we're going to continue to update, um, you know, in perpetuity. So huge shout out, huge thanks. Check out the site, twobookwatchknobs.com. Um, last thing in housekeeping. This is a big one. This is scary, Michael. I'm scared. Okay. Why are you scared? Because it's in regard to a live stream. Yeah, we're using we're using this new tech now. We're on StreamYard, as you can tell. We're on the. It's new to us. They're they're free plan, so you see a, a mallard in a top top right hand corner for some reason. <laughs> That's their logo. <laughs> their logo. Uh, it's a mallard with headphones. It's fun. But it's we fun. used to do back in the day. We used to do the Instagram live streams, and it was really primitive. We were just kind of like holding our phones like this and. Mine you know, was always too low, so you got maximum neck coverage and like very little of the top of my face. And so, like, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, I like my arm would kind of just hurt. So I think we can use this to stream somewhere, and we're we're thinking about doing a cool like live stream Q and A, and we're just we're just floating that idea out right now and seeing what you you guys think about it. But I think it could be fun to add to add potential insults to future injury we're thinking about making it an episode yes like yeah a live streamed episode so you know you used to make the joke all the time about having callers like live callers this is the closest we're going to get to that i think <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> yeah this is the closest we're going to get to having live callers caller one you're on the air what do you think of omega and just like and just see just see where fate takes us yeah I think there are ways to take actual callers during live streams, by the way. I think there's some technology we can explore there also. So we, that could be a dream come true one day. I'll have, right? to, look in, I'll have to look into that. We might still oh. get callers. Don't, don't let the dream die. So if yeah. anything, we're possibly thinking about that for episode 268. So that is in two episodes from now. If you think that's a great idea, tell us about it if you think it's a bad idea just don't tell us and we'll just assume you think it's a bad idea but either way um let us know your thoughts on that idea you can hit us up um in the youtube comments here actually honestly probably would be best yeah uh, instagram man we're really trying to figure out what the hell's going on with instagram so many ai nudie bots so many nudie bots dude so true i i try to delete piles of that stuff every single day and they just they multiply like crazy hey and, maybe i like your channel like what fucking and there's your nudie bot it's not just that but it's i love the accent Sorry. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's that and it's also it also looks like a lot of weird uh like accounts that are trying to sell you clearly fake watches <laughs> like clearly and they they all come with the same automated 
like intro message like hello we have all brands popular come see like oh my god it's really it's bad so we're instagram right now may not be the best best platform to get a hold of us we're really trying to figure it out because we know we have an audience on there we know people enjoy engaging with us on there um side sidebar can you hear my baby crying i can that's okay that's that's not a problem (laughs) this is a new this is a new world man we're on video we're using Streamyard. we're taking calls it's my child made the decision to skip his nap and so we're all paying the price now i know now i know what that that means i can i've I've witnessed what happens (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right but um let us know in the comments here on episode 266 on YouTube your thoughts on that. And if you think it's a great idea, maybe submit a question. Or, may, or, or we could do that. We can do questions live on 268, and then we can also read from a list in case some folks can't make it um, yeah. whenever we end up doing that live stream. So you can also email us at tbws.contact at gmail.com. The email again is tbws.contact at gmail.com but uh yeah tons of housekeeping appreciate that appreciate everyone's patience as i got through those it's important i think it's time for the main topic let's do it let's do it is there Me- i'm assuming there's a banner is yeah damn right this is so cool this is way better than technicolor you this is about me. as innovative as Technicolor, I think. Right? He, almost, he almost caught me off guard. <laughs> like, do I have it? Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah. let's um I love this topic because I I I think there's such a drive, and I'll call it what it is, there's such a toxic impetus in watch collecting to be as authentic a watch collector as possible by being as true to the roots of watch collecting as you can be with your collection and by that i mean it's this idea of if you went to like a watch meetup and in the watch meetup and it's not the entire watch world this is just the watch this is just the portion of the watch world which is full of douchebags which is like 95 percent of um and if you're really mad that i said that then you know which side that percentage you're probably on which is fine you know it's it's fine it's you know jesus made all kinds of folk it's fine um, the 95% of the people in the watch world are, you know, kind of like douchebags, which is fine. Uh, if you were to go to like a watch meetup and you only had watches that were maybe new or your watch collection was only like, you know, um, Nixon's or quote unquote fashion watches or new generation Seikos. Like, let's say maybe you went there with one of the new uh seiko field sports gmts and like an orient mako 2 or something like that uh you people would assume of you that you don't know anything about watches because you don't have something that is quote unquote like an icon in your collection you know there are icons in, in people's collections that they get because they think they're supposed to get them so those are things like oh you need a speedy like oh you need a submariner because these are heavy hitting icons of the watch world but they're those things because they go far back enough to give someone a sense of authenticity in your collection your collection is authentic because you have one of the great 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 grandfathers of what makes watches cool you know yeah it Um, has it has that history behind it yes Uh, that's you know in six words you said much more efficiently than what i've tried been saying for (laughs) 
probably about four and a half minutes now, I think. Well, that people people actually look for that. And I think some people make buying decisions like, oh, it's it's a cool watch, but it doesn't really have history, so I'm not gonna get it. Like I think mm-hmm. that I think that happens. Yeah. Um one hundred percent. But or like some of the most popular pieces out there on like the internet and on YouTube are what are the watches that like watch snobs will be impressed by or like mm-hmm. what watches are watch snob proof like what can i show up with and people will think i'm you know a collector to be taken seriously more often than not you're going to get a list of watches that probably came out 80 or 90 years ago or the collections were introduced 80 or 90 years ago yeah yeah but i think i think we're at a point now where we're starting just the watch world is so different today than when it was when we were like i don't know in infants um Mm -hmm. we we are like a different generation of collector this is post watch blog website craze that we see now uh this is in the in the time period of the watch youtube personality the influencer Mm -hmm. um and you know i think I think brands took real risks, I'd say like in the nineties and in the two thousands and even recently, like I think, you know, kind of spitballing here, look at brew watches, for example, that's just, that's an example. That's nothing. That's nothing you'd see. There's no connection to, I don't know, legendary racing chronographs of the (laughs) sixties and seventies. And I, you know, it's just, it's a kind of, kind of new design. It's kind of, for the modern collector and it's uh pretty pretty accessible so yeah we just wanted to point out some releases some designs that have come out and i think i don't i don't think we want to say that uh you should buy the dip you know that you should get into these now because they're going to be like really cool and and you're going to be as awesome as a a mill sub collector um Mm -hmm. but but they're pretty they're just pretty rad watches overall and i think we have some some good picks here today hell yeah i i have some selections here i know you have some on your end i would very much like for you to go first okay yes i i think i think i'm gonna kick it off and it'll really sort of be a good start for the topic and so the first one here is just the classic the seiko monster um back wow. when back when there were like two watch two watch podcasts or like a watch podcast and a half you know you'd you'd hear people talking about this and this was it's like when you walk in and professor oak wants you to pick your first <laughs> pokemon that's his name right professor oak it's professor oak in okay. Palestine. yeah it's professor oak so you could pick you could pick what is it, Squirtle, the Squirtle, uh, Bulbasaur, or Charmander. Those are your options. Choose your fate. Okay, so choose your buddy. It's like SKX, Orient Mako, <laughs> Seiko Monster. I don't know. May, yeah. This this was one of those watches for a lot of people, and whereas those first two options were just like very safe, this was a very daring first pick. I'd say. The orange monster was certainly a statement. First of all, it's gigantic. Like the bracelet doesn't taper, if I recall correctly. The whole thing is just literally—it's just a monster. It's huge, dude. Yeah, and 
I was kind of, um, I'll get to that in a bit, but yeah, this, it, it's a daring design. It came out early two thousands. Uh, it doesn't really pull from much of Seiko's old catalog or anything like that. I would, I would say that the SKX kind of looks like a seven, seven, five, four, eight, or even some of the certain versions of the 6309 like that case design is still pretty prevalent in mm-hmm. in seiko history the the monster didn't really look like anything else uh i think the only thing you could kind of you know come come back at me with is like the shrouded case could remind you of those tuna divers kind but of. this this was done this was done a little bit differently and i just like I wish I could have been in the boardroom, man, when this was when this was shown like the first time. Like how many people looked at this and just thought, no way. Honestly, like, it was Y2K. They probably thought they weren't gonna survive it anyway. So just like, <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll just green line. It doesn't really matter. The world's gonna blow up, all the banks are gonna collapse. So sure, do whatever you want. That's a and good then point. That, and then that didn't happen. Like, oh well, fuck, we'll start with this. So I was just launch this monster thing. I mean, they didn't call it the monster, obviously. We should do a whole episode on on Seiko nicknames and just how that came about. Well, there is um you know i'll share it i'll share it now real quick there was a piece that um cole did back when he was um with hodinky and he went to thailand and he met with a uh, like a pretty prominent um like seiko monster collector and like you can see the collection here on the screen it's the dude has collected just I think his goal is to just co- literally collect every single monster. Um, and they, they talk about this, uh, you know, in the video here, like monster. Yeah. It was a nickname that started with collectors, but I think Seiko fully embraces it right now. I think they even use yeah. monster on their website. Yeah. So, but yeah, this is, I'd say this is, this is one of those watches and let me just go back to the other one. Uh, here so you can see that you know you have the orange and the black that's the one that everybody knows but there's a ton of limited editions like this yellow one is is apparently like the grail monster oh, is three 300 300 pieces. pieces whoa yeah you think of you think of how seiko usually does limited editions today it's like oh six thousand pieces limited edition <laughs> this is i mean this is just like my doxa 300 pieces um and then gosh there's just so many so many and still for some reason that i can't explain the pricing on the second generation so the second generation came out in 2012 and people just go nuts over these like i I remember the the second generation orange monster is the first one i ever saw with the triangle markers that's the first one i remember seeing yeah people freaked out because it had teeth this time and it's so crazy it's called the monster and it has teeth now um <laughs> and it has and it has the 4r36 movement which huh? i think this was maybe 2012 now that was a little bit before we got like the srp uh diver uh, diver reissues 16 or 17 2016 2017 i think right something like that no uh, maybe 15. Yeah. anyways it, but yeah this it was a big deal that, that, that it had this movement and this reference specifically the srp 309 the That's pricing the, the pricing is still bananas i think mm-hmm. 
into the four figures now to to get some of these because the third generation is kind of not that cool i think like i mean i guess it's pretty it's got a 6r it's this dial i don't think it's flat orange i think it's kind of like shiny or bursty oh i hate that that's lame but um, oh you can see in that coral coral monster yeah ice monster so it's i don't know i think this watch is gonna okay not like go to the moon or whatever but i think it's 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 gonna it's gonna stand as kind of an icon uh, for a lot of collectors that needed to find a cool spot to start and didn't want something like i don't know an orient mako you know i remember i was first drawn to the concept of this watch when i started getting into watch collecting um i guess almost 10 years like nine or ten years ago now the reason i latched onto this watch is it was one of the first watches and this is really silly but it's the power of of you know fan-based marketing it was easy for me to remember orange monster and it literally sounded really cool and it's really easy to visually recognize like you could see from across the room you're like oh i think the guy's wearing an orange monster or you know if you are walking around in a mall and you pass by a macy's and there's a seiko case your first inclination if you're my first inclination i remember was going like oh let me see if i can see an orange monster let me see an orange monster because I've only ever seen it on Instagram. I've only ever seen, you know what I mean? Like, it, because it was easy to remember in that sense, I, I, I latched onto it really hard. I never ended up getting one. Um, I ended up getting the Sumo. Uh, that was my first dive, uh, my, my first dive watch. But I think that played into a, a, a huge part. It's just, it's just a badass name. Yeah, I thought it was too crazy for me starting out. I thought, oh, I can't yeah. get this. This is just. I'm not- <laughs> But now I, kinda, now I kind of want a Gen One. I think that'd be kind of cool to get. Just like pretty badass. The Gen One with the with the seven S two six movement. I don't know. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's a good one. What's uh, your first pick? Let's see here. Uh, I'm gonna go with one that may not be what folks would immediately think of. But there's a very particular reason why I'm choosing this one. And it's one you and I talked about a little bit in the in in the the, the, the our pre-conversation. I am, and this is gonna be controversial because we've had thoughts and opinions about this, or at least I've had thoughts and opinions about this brand and this release before. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna say the first Halio Seaforth um is one of those watches that sort of came out of nowhere, and it was also very defining in regards to the propagation of micro brands. And I'll explain that in a moment. So Halios is a um, micro brand. Uh, uh, The guy that operates is a guy named Jason Lim. He had watch releases before the Halios Seaforth, but my personal favorite was the Delphin. I always thought that was a really cool watch. I don't think we're ever gonna see it ever again. Or the the puck. Puck was fun. That thing was cool. That was fun, and then and then the first generation Seaforth came out of nowhere, and people latched onto this so hardcore. It wasn't, in my opinion, really related to anything else that came before um, Helios's uh, kind of design production. Again, in my opinion, 
uh, disregard my crying son. Is it very distracting? No, no, it's fine. Okay. Because <laughs> I, can, I can mute myself and just type what I'm saying, and then you can tell people what I type. That'd be really hard to do. <laughs> I'm in level with you, man. Um, <laughs> continue. Uh, and then in 2017, the Seaforth came out, and this really interesting phenomenon occurred. That was around the time... That was about a year-ish after you and I started doing this. We started we, we, we started Two Broke Watch Knobs in September of 2016. 2017, I'm pretty sure, uh, that first Seaforth came out. And it was around that time we started really meeting a lot of other microbrands. You know, this is at a time where microbrands were just starting to sort of get popular. There weren't a lot. Um, but there were like a tried and true core. And we would meet microbrand owners and they would show us something new or something that they were working on in concept or prototype and more often than not the question they asked us was oh that's cool what do you think of it against the seaforth yeah how does it compare to the seaforth we even had literally people say at the time the seaforth came out yeah you know we really studied it we're trying to reverse engineer what jason did with that first seaforth release with this release it's just like they weren't even like the to be that influential with a watch that if you look at it this is not a particular if you showed this watch to just like a like a random person on the street they'd be like oh yeah i like the strap you'd get some like dumb comment yeah <laughs> like and we're that, you know what i mean and we're looking at the series four on screen right now it's, on screen right now yeah uh the series one was even it was it was even more basic compared to this. Mm -hmm. I think it was steel bezel. Um, yeah, the two time zones. I think you could get. I think you could get it with the the dive bezel. Yeah, dive bezel or twelve hour bezel. But like, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't as fancy as this new series. It was such a big deal. And then I remember what really set it off. And this is why I wanted to choose it in particular for this list because it's going to live in the orological shared cultural narrative for a long time whether you were directly influenced by it or not. It was either like the second or third, I can't remember, but one of the iterations after the first generation Seaforth, that release was picked up and shared on Hodinkee, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but at the time, Hodinkee was not talking about micro brands. Yeah. Like this was one of the first times I ever saw that website mention a micro brand during the release if I'm remembering the release right, it was it was there are a lot there are a lot of technical issues. Um, I think that happened with that release, unless I'm mixing up my releases. But I remember when that came out, this the Halio Seaforth, because Hodinkee's audience is much wider and not solely uh, focused on you know uh, bristling bearded neurological watch nerds like Michael, you and I. A ton of people who were just sort of watch curious heard about the Halio Seaforth. This was the first micro brand they ever saw. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's funny you say that. Yeah. A micro brand uh, in Hodinkee's eyes at that time, I guess you could call Philippe Dufour a micro brand, <laughs> like just like one dude making Swiss watches and you'll, you'll get your watch in four years. Yeah. That's a micro brand. That was the kind of you know micro brand that they, they focused on, but yeah, that's a mm -hmm. good point. I think the idea of a micro brand was, you know, kind of placed in front of a lot of people very quickly uh at that point and it was yeah it was the seaforth 
Yeah. Um, Amazing. This, this watch is still very popular. Like, like I said here, we're in series four at this point. I'm not even sure. Jason's a, Jason's a fun guy. I don't even know if this is, if this part of the site is updated. I don't know when orders are going to open. These are, you know, these can be tough to get. These can be tough to get. They're tough to get. And I think what also a lot of the magic that Halios is able to, a lot of the magic that makes this brand special, regardless of your opinion about them, is the fact that it really kind of is a one person operation or at least for a long time it was like it's just a it's just a dude who's very passionate about expressing what he wants with his releases and so sometimes releases will take however the hell long they need to and they'll be ready whenever he feels like it <laughs> it's funny i skipped the seaforth i never i never went for it i had the fairwind for a bit and a universa yep. uh, for a little bit but i never tried the i never tried the seaforth this is they do titanium now. He does titanium also. Oh no! Don't tell! Don't 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 tell! Don't tell me that shit, dude. Yeah, Man. That's this one. This one's titanium. Oh, I gotta get it. <laughs> is, can I can I can I get a titanium bezel? I don't want I don't want an insert. Can I get a titanium bezel? For bezel, you could do sapphire twelve hour sapphire diver or fixed. So this is technically a bare titanium I could, bezel. I could do I could do a fixed. Mm, I don't know. You know the problem when the C4 first came out? I think you and I are just way too punk rock for our own good. We saw everyone loving the C4 and we're like, nah, whatever, it's okay or something, <laughs> I guess. And we, I really think that's what happened. You I know guess what I mean? cool, whatever. I guess it's like cool or whatever. It's like super influential, but like, yes. <laughs> just too goddamn punk rock for our own good, dude. But that yeah. watch, I don't care what anyone says. And regardless of my of what I have said, about the Halios in the past. I think we literally had an episode where we chose where we chose brands and releases that were overhyped. And I actually am fairly certain I chose the Halios C4 as being overhyped. Yeah, and then he wrote to us and he agreed. <laughs> he wrote to us and he agreed. That was amazing. <laughs> that was um, pretty pretty cool. But but there's there's no there's no getting around the fact that this release in particular was um a big deal for micro brands and just uh, a really big deal for uh a lot of what's become normal in watch collecting in terms of what people look for and how people think about their designs and things like that and really what they what they strive for so um that's my that's my that's my first call out for the uh, for our for neo classics of uh our our generation slowly and slowly michael as we record my son gets louder and louder and the sun or and the actual sun in the sky gets lower and lower and it's getting darker and darker where I am. It's okay. Just, it's just I'm, perpetually dark here, so it's I'm fine. Turn up. Oh, that's way too bright. Here we go. Okay. I'm I'm having like a Star Trek. There are four lights situation here. Okay. We're good. All right. Look, I'll just. You look great. <laughs> thanks. I'm just going to not get a migraine from the light in my face. How do, how do, how do influencers and e-girls stare into ring lights for hours on end? Drugs? Is it drugs? It's it's the fluoride stare. Like it's oh, I just <laughs> I got a fresh helping this morning. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we, we gotta get a we gotta get a couple of those and uh <laughs> so uh yeah if you want I need 
I'm going to get you caddier headphones. I think this is enough. I think enough is enough. I think it's time to get you some caddier headphones, right? <laughs> I've I've been I've been browsing way too many of those. I just like sitting in bed before we fall asleep. I think my wife saw me browsing cat ear headphones the other night. It's like a really weird thing to explain. In she's the just like she's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, babe, I'm really thinking about getting into like the furry community. And I really think these cat ear headphones are going to help me. I think they're gonna help me. There's way too much variety. If you have a recommendation, drop it in the comments below. That's uh that's the best way to Actually, you know, in the best interest of getting this 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 video to rank on YouTube, please don't share your furry cat ear headphone links in our comments. <laughs> it's probably not. It might help. I don't know. It yeah yeah I guess it can hurt <laughs> or something. Yeah yeah it's all good. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> all right, next watch. <laughs> next watch. Your pick. Uh, this was kind of a fun one for me, and again, it just popped into my mind when I was thinking of this topic i actually don't even know too much of the history uh with this model but it's the it's the oris aquas and mm -hmm. just tracking this down a little bit i think oris came out with a watch uh in 98 called the full steel and it's it's the watch that started to get a bit of this aquas look that we recognize today mm -hmm. and they, this has become, I don't know, this is the watch that I th think about when I hear Oris. Um, and uh, we just have so much variety now. And yeah. it's, again, become such a staple for the brand. And I, this watch is just a really good example of a dive watch that is not necessarily calling back to I don't know, the Rolex Submariner or something. <laughs> My computer did, did not want to load that page. No, and... that's all right. <laughs> did you see me struggling there? Like I saw okay. I saw and I'm like, I'm... I'm like, maybe, maybe I should talk to help help kill this 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 kind of hole. Like, no, I'll see where, I'll see where Mike takes this one. I'm like, I'm gonna land eventually. It's like, no, I'll refresh. So yeah, it's, it, it's you see it on the screen. I don't know. This this to me is just I don't know. It's really different from mm -hmm. the Seamaster or the Submariner or even the SKX. And I don't know. It's kind of kind of overlooked. And what is this, dude? Oh, this is a little bit pricier than I thought it was. I thought this was in my head. I, this three was way close to the, to the USD. I thought it was seven hundred dollars, and this was the dollar sign. I'm like, no. what? Seven hundred dollars. <laughs> Let me get my wallet. Some of these Aquas uh, or Aquas, however you say it, some of these can get pretty pricey. Some of them you can get pretty good prices on. What I love about this collection is that yes, it is not, it is not aggressively derivative of something that came before or calling on a dive watch legacy that's contingent on the existence of Rolex or Seamaster or who's a what's it's, but it's not inaccessible. Like someone could still find something and have it feel appropriate and i'm only saying that because technically a lot of invicta releases do fall under some of these criteria of not being inspired by watches that came before and like well okay now you pulled up this one this one's interesting this is so cool i saw this, this one's twenty seven thousand dollars yeah this this is right you know what this is this is oris's uh date just this is this is essentially what this oh, watch yeah. is. I can see that. It's different sizes, does. different iterations. You can get diamonds, you can get crazy dials. Here, let's do my favorite thing. Just go to the top and just sort by low to high. Let's see. How can we do this? 
Can you even on, sort Oris. here? Come on, Oris. You gotta you gotta you gotta get you gotta get like a like a UI UX consultant in here. This is 101. So we can just see what greater than four thousand and then these are the cheaper ones. Right? I guess so. So that's how we can do it. Listen, Oris. Low to high. Nope, Load you don't high. get you don't get that option. But I don't know. This is this is just another one of those watches that I would pick. 45 millimeters. That's a that's a big big boy. It's a, a lot of watch, man. But all the way down to 36, man. And a mm -hmm. 36 is yeah, a little cheaper, 2600 with this pretty interesting, I don't know what that's kind cool. of dial this is. But and you, you know what the cool thing is is like I think ours is one of those brands where there's the sticker price you see on the site, and then there's what you're going to pay in reality. Whether you can get something um, from the from uh, secondhand, or whether you 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 get it like um, from an AD or brick and mortar, you know, usually they'll have discounts and things like that. Or you can ask. Always ask. That's that's a tip that I don't think they think it's said enough. If you walk into a watch place and they're like, "Oh, that watch is." blah 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 xyz dollars and you'll just be like okay yeah sold yeah you've yeah. fucked up ask yeah. for something <laughs> this right here uh -huh. is so solid 39.5 millimeters just a clean wow. clean black dial diver that is not a seamaster or submariner doesn't really look like a lot of other dive watches mm. um yeah I what's this one what's this one gonna set me back 2400 okay and again like you like you were saying about the sticker price versus the street price you might you might get a deal somewhere so yeah, yeah that was that was my other pick i only had two i love it that's perfect um let me see here i have two how are we on time oh it is okay. dark in there <laughs> it's, it's getting dark michael it's it's dark it's dark it's dark where i am um feeling alone let me turn up my light is more light good or is less light good more light no light more light no. mm, more lights me calling from the past let me oh man that's fucking bright dude <clears throat> if you want to experience and see the pain that i'm going through go and check out this on youtube if you're listening in your car <laughs> yeah. um obviously don't do that while you're in your car get to wherever you're going to and then get out of the car well turn your car off and then get out we'll put it in park turn your car off then get out of it then watch the youtube video and you can see me suffering. But subscribe first. So, so subscribe first, and then you can see me withering under the lights. Um, I'll do a call back to the wrist check. Omega Seamaster Dive uh, 300 meter. Um, the original Omega Seamaster Dive 300 meter uh, came out in 1993. Uh, two and a half or three years later, it was on Pierce Brosnan's wrist as he was playing 007 in Goldeneye. The, C the Omega Seamaster 300 that came before this looks nothing like the Omega Seamaster dive, or at least this iteration, like that version that you were looking at, the quartz that you're looking at is kind of like it because it has the sword hands kind of vibe going on, but it's more yeah, like perfect. this. It's more like this kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, those two watches side by side, if you were to, if you were to tell like a non watch person, these are from the same collection, you know, they'd be like, they don't look anything alike. You're like, yeah, because the nineties happened. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so um in particular i think it's a ton of fun it has this uh, uh pretty you know telltale iconic um helium escape a helium release valve um and then in addition to that you know it has the 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 
that bracelet style where it's just like the sort of different segments and they're offset and some are polished and not polished and the whole thing together with this sort of uh what's the shape of this doa doa decahedron shit i i had to write this up recently Dika Doahedra? You know what I'm trying to say. I do. I, I've seen that word on paper before and I skip it. I love how you're like, you're looking at me like, yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm going to let you drown on this one. <laughs> I don't know. You didn't help me during the Aura's page not loading. Why the fuck would I help you drowning <laughs> during trying to pronounce the name of the shape? I love you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. But it's uh, it's one of those things where Exactly like you said, I wish I was in the room when they were putting this together and designing it. And then to have so much confidence in it to work and get the James Bond deal to be the official watch of 007 and for to choose 007 to wear this watch. That's really crazy. Like, I don't think folks realize that this this design iteration of the Seamaster line only started in the 90s, two or three years before it was on 007's yeah. wrists. And it's evolved. Yours has evolved into this watch that we have on screen now. The, uh, the oh, diver, yes. the diver. So this is the Diver 300M. They went back to the old wave pattern here. Mm -hmm. And instead of that, bracelet like the one that you have they put it on this uh i don't like the mesh this mesh well people mm -hmm. people get really mad about the bracelet that you have some folks are just like oh it's way too 90s that doesn't work today and so i think folks are folks are eating this one up man this one is tough wow. to get like it, it shows 8300 here gray market you're paying like 10k plus what the hell yeah it's That's nuts. People people are more into this one than the than the no time to die uh titanium version, which I actually like I like a little bit more. I I love the bracelet, like the original bracelet for 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 this watch. I have it right here next to me. I'm looking I'm looking at it right now. I think sure, it is kind of 90s, but I mean my impetus for this watch is because I saw it on the wrist of someone in the film of the 90s and then everything around that's just icing on the cake and so to me it's not complete yeah this is the so this is the this is the the previous generation ceramic bezel with a different kind of updated version of the bracelet it looks like yeah right? but very yeah. looks looks wise it's kind of very similar to yours mm -hmm. yeah for me quartz is the way to go on these otherwise they're a little too beefy even though i'm a huge fan of these master coax movements that um, Omega's been putting out, uh, 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 you know, for the past several years and things like that. I I strive one day to own and uh, a mechanical Master Coax movement uh, uh, piece from Omega. There's a couple I have in mind, um, but for me and how I've kind of chosen to evolve as a collector, the quartz version of this watch is perfect because 41 millimeters in terms of the case size is about the max of what I can comfortably wear. It would feel too big if this was a mechanical movement and it was like 14 or 15 millimeters, whatever it is. This thing's I think only 11 millimeters. It's a whole lot of watch. It's a whole lot of watch, man. I, I, the last time I went to an Omega boutique and I thought like, 
this is it. I'm gonna make mm-hmm. the de- I'm gonna make the decision to either get or not get this watch. I just I wore the new ceramic one, steel, black dial, bracelet, and everything, and it's just it's a hunkin' piece of watch, man. It really yeah. is. You know what the problem is, and this is something I think you and I have wrestled with with a few different dive collections across different brands that have a bit of a tool legacy. I don't want this Omega Seamaster Dive 300 to feel like a luxury jewelry piece. Yeah. Obviously it's not a cheap watch. Like it's not like a, like a Casio Duro, like a $50, 200 meter dive watch. Like it is still obviously a very nice watch from a luxury brand. But the problem, in my opinion, because I've tried on some of the some of the the the, the previous generation ceramic uh, bezel with the deep wave, with the like the deeper wave dial. I've tried, I've tried some of those on before, and like it just it feels too nice. If that makes sense, it does. And let's see the. Um, I wonder, could you imagine if they went back to aluminum insert instead of the ceramic? That because that's part of what makes yours feel, yeah, less. I guess it's less fancy. Tudor is doing aluminum on the black bays, so it's not like it's not I, as premium of a material, but it could kind of it, that could bring aluminum, back some of that appeal. Didn't they put the aluminum insert in a recent release, but it was like a weird limited edition and it's like super expensive do you know what i'm talking about i think that may be the one that i just pulled up i'm trying to figure out if that actually has like i don't think it's a regular production thing like i i personally would love that but i could totally see because the thing is you you can't walk into an omega boutique and explain to a watch normalo oh hey this is you know a five six or seven thousand dollar watch and part of it is made from the thing that soda cans are made out of oh yeah it looks like Aluminium. Yep. So yeah, so they which... went. It, it was this one, this uh, this blue one on the mesh. So they went back to the old wave pattern and aluminum. And it's eight thousand dollars. Yeah, but you're not going to find MSRP. It. Yeah, no, you're yeah. paying ten k, like you said. See, that's my problem. I have no problem if they went back to aluminum, but then don't charge me more, or don't yeah. charge me in a way where, unless this is like like special virgin aluminum that's never been touched that they got directly from Hephaestus by trading some saltines to him for. Like, unless there's something amazing about this particular cache of aluminum. Yeah, I don't I don't think... I don't think, I don't think it's a thing. I literally <laughs> think this scenario I explained is not a part of reality. Um, uh. Which is fine. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. You can't... In my opinion, you can't do something where it's a callback and you kind of take a step back and then to a previous version or previous kind of design element, but then you can't charge me more than as if you were for the, like that composite ceramic material bezel. Because you can, I've seen amazing prices on ceramic bezel Seamasters on uh, on the David SW website, especially when he's running like those sales or whatever. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. The pr- I think Omega just raised their prices too. So that's going to be hard. That's going to be harder to find a good deal over time. So I'm telling you, man, but that, but, but that, but for, for me, this is something that's very generation, um, defining like this Omega Seamaster Master dive 300 came out in 1993. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think those are all those are all kind of good picks. Again, I think of brands like like Brew. Um, you know, I guess I guess some of the IWC chronos mm-hmm. were kind of later on. The those aren't really like mid-century anything. Uh those pilot yeah. chronographs. Can I throw one out there? I feel like a crazy person because I think I'm the only person that actually likes this watch, but can I can I throw one out there? Let's hear it. How about that Hermes H08? Is that the one that's all ceramic? It's like all titanium, I'm pretty sure. Remember it came out like a year or two ago? Let's see. Uh, oh, I know which one it is. Yeah, man. Oh, I they love don't... this watch. Oh, they don't like my computer. Are you blocking JavaScript? No. All right. Well, <laughs> I just sent you the link. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So these are the newer ones. So when the watch first came out, it was um, a really cool titanium, almost Battlestar Galactica vibe bracelet, titanium case. Uh, there are some Hermes dials that are sort of like that arrangement, but there's nothing that is, uh, from what I remember seeing when I when I, I fell in love with this watch when I first saw it. There's nothing in Hermes' catalog that looks anything like that in terms of like the case or, or any of those pieces. And so um, I would love to own one of these one day. Here it is on orange. Orange was the first sort of accent color you would see on it when it came out. But I think this thing is amazing. I think the movement in this is amazing as well. It's beautifully decorated. It's incredibly wearable just in terms of the dimensions. Um, it almost kind of has like Aquanaut vibes a little bit. Kind of, yeah. You know, I, 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 I would love to see a collection with this and like the Cartier Santos. I don't know why. I feel like those two watches would be very nice in a collection together. Uh, that's also about twelve thousand dollars worth of watches I just mentioned there. <laughs> didn't they do? <laughs> didn't they do different? Oh, I love these numbers right here. The the markers, the 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 the, the, the font choices around the markers are amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Didn't they? Is very much an overlooked brand. Oh, sorry. Didn't they make uh like a GMT version where the scale was? like gmt numbers maybe not. i don't know that i think they made it there's a chronograph version oh. they released recently i'm pretty sure That's uh, let me see hermes chronograph uh, uh, hermes is a, is a, a brand i think that kind of gets overlooked yeah uh there's a there's a chronograph version of this hmm. it's cool looking God. it is a mono pusher whoa well now <laughs> that's pretty cool you know what I mean? So I, I I I think there are so many releases that fit this idea of, hey, we're gonna put a design out there that's not iterative or from anything that came out 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years ago. Like we're going to do something refreshing and new. More often than not, I think as a congruent theme, you probably most folks probably notice at home, uh, all these watches are pretty expensive. Except, except the orange monster. <laughs> I thought it was. I mean, you said it was four digits. Well, or, or, the, or the, the, the second generation orange this, one. The second generation. If you're looking for a second generation, people are asking like, I don't know, 800, 900,000 bucks, you know, Jeez. for it. 
Probably even more. You gotta you have to check in with random Rob about that. That's that, <laughs> that guy is the orange monster YouTube king. We gotta get a random his, Rob bat historian. signal. We yeah. gotta get like his YouTube logo and a bat signal on like a party I like just shine it like help in us. the sky. <laughs> help us, help us with orange Seiko. Orange Seiko orange monster pricing. Yeah, um, he's he's documented that. He has a couple videos on just like why like where the prices are going, collecting them and what that looks like. So that's a good resource as well. But yeah. Well, I would love to open this up to everyone. Open mic night. Let us know your thoughts on, you know, A, obviously our choices, our selections, but then B, at the same time, what do you think kind of fits this mold? Because I am so certain there are more watches out there that started their own legacy design DNA in the past 20 years than watches that you know we're still making visual callbacks to that happened you know several you know seven eight nine ten decades ago or something like that so let us know your thoughts throw your ideas out in the comments on um on youtube you know in terms of a quick recap uh again huge thank you and call out to jeremy freed contributing writer um over at GQ, thank you to GQ for for uh, uh, putting out the watch, uh, the the piece on Destro watches. You know, we have a really nice quote in there, a nice little feature in there, um, as well. Definitely, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go and check it out. Actually, if you want to see our cheapest Rolex um, video that we put out, it's um, just a couple of cool cats looking at cheap Rolexes together for fifteen to sixteen minutes. Right? Not not buying any of them. Not buying any of them. That'd be it's fun. Tempted. We can we can screen share record us buying one next time. Oh yeah, and, and then we can screen share record our wives leaving us. That's an yeah. option as well. That's After... a, <laughs> another another live stream test. Yeah. <laughs> Episode two sixty nine. The guys get divorced. We're like, oh well, well, what are you gonna do? I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. horrible. Um. Yeah, go and check out the YouTube channel. If you want to support the show, you know, there's the Amazon affiliate link. I'll put it in the YouTube link. I'll put it in the description here for YouTube. You can also get it off of the site as well. But the best way to support us is just subscribe, like, share, tell everyone what we're doing. Um, Tell people you're not the only person that finds foul mouth orological shenanigans entertaining. Probably the best way to do it, honestly. On on video. And you get it on video now. On video. You could watch the sun set across my face on video because that's what's happened i'm now just staring out into the darkness and it's dinner time and i'm hungry uh, but in addition to that definitely let us know your thoughts on our picks let us know your thoughts on uh neoclassical uh uh, uh like neoclassic general like like pieces of our generation um let us know your thoughts on possibly doing episode 268 in two episodes as a live stream Michael, is there anything I'm forgetting? I think that's everything. Um, yeah, just join in on the discussion. We'd love to see the comments uh, below what your your picks your picks would be for something like this. And also, um, thank you to folks that have been commenting on the YouTube uh, videos. So nice. Yeah. So nice. I thought it was going to be trash out the gate. Same. Like, like our podcast reviews, but. <laughs> You know, if I feel like things are going a little too well for me, or if I have a little too much of a pep in my step, I go and I read our podcast reviews. That'll just 
that'll bring me back to baseline. That'll knock me down a couple pegs. They're so mean, dude. <laughs> and I'll walk with my shoulders a little more slumps and my head hung a little bit lower. <laughs> On that note, if you'd like to go and leave us positive uh, uh, podcast reviews, <laughs> usually on like iTunes or wherever you listen to the show, go and do that. You know, help help drown out the darkness. Yeah. Um, the consensus that I've gathered from our podcast reviews is that uh, I'm the dumb one, and you're the eloquent smart one. That's <laughs> what I. That's that's what I've gathered. That is so not true. I can do a whole episode on why that's actually opposite. So <laughs> I can do a whole episode for two hours talking about like my feelings and Soviet watches, and I did, <laughs> and I probably did not help our YouTube reviews because I went full neck beard. <laughs> do you remember those? I don't know if you listen to those episodes, but I did them solo. There was no intro music. I just turned the, I, I hit record and notes from underground style. I just started talking. Yeah. I just started I, talking. <laughs> I think I did one on Doxa or the SKX or something. Yes, that's right. Yes. So, uh, I'm so not going to re-listen to that one. <laughs> we're both, we're both in it. So I love it. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. Definitely, definitely let us know your thoughts. But with that, Michael, is that time? Is that sad time? Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You have been listening and watching, hopefully, to Broke Watch Knobs. Later. Later.